Hello, and thank you for joining me on this episode of Dropping the Plumb Line. It is my heart's desire to share with you God's word, prophetic insight, timing, and strategy through these podcasts. And today I want to share a message called Out of the Darkness. I do believe God wants us to hear what heaven is saying right now to navigate us through darkness that's in the earth right now. And I don't know if you can feel it yourself, but my friends and I have been noticing that there's just an increase in something in the atmosphere of darkness that almost can be felt. And I feel like the Holy Spirit actually showed me that we are going to experience something new up ahead, a darkness that's up ahead that's not necessarily from the enemy, but actually from the Lord to finish this process of where he has us in right now. And so I want to kind of take the time in this podcast to share how God can actually authorize and be in darkness. Um, And before I do that, though, I do want to share with you what God spoke to me in my journal time. He said, "Um, light will prevail in the midst of darkness, but you must be obedient to stay in the ark of my covering. And so there was two things that I really felt God wanted me to stress in sharing this podcast. And then the first one is this. I feel like for the next couple of weeks that we need to start our day off by taking communion. And there's such power in the blood of the lamb we know, and God tells us to do this in remembrance of him. And as we set our hearts right and ask for forgiveness, and there's anything that we have kind of come in agreement with the enemy, such as fear, anxieties, even falsehoods, we can bring that before the Lord and and thank him for the reset, you know, thank him for the blood that covers us. And then out of that, we can decree Psalm 91 for ourselves and our families. I know that I've been doing that the last couple of days, and I want to share that with you. I think it will serve us well in these next couple of weeks. The second thing is that <clears throat> there is an increase in the COVID uh, outbreaks as of, as of late, and it's going to cause some food shortages, I think, that are up ahead because there's so many um, places that are shutting down. So just be uh, mindful of that and make sure that you have food and water and just your necessary supplies, not to tell you this and and freak out, but just pray about it and go out and just get what you need. And, and then the last thing that the Lord really wanted me to kind of stress before I start teaching is, is that I feel like in the next couple days or so that we needed to just be mindful of the trips that we are taking outside. And I know I thought that God was saying to me as well that really bring the to-do list to him and so that he can just show us what's important and what's not so that we're taking the time to rest. And all of those things I think are going to really serve us um, through these next few weeks and we will come out victorious. Um, So I wanted to start this teaching in Exodus. So if you want to grab your Bible, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Moses and him being the one chosen that God used to speak to to Pharaoh, to let God's people go. And let's bring us into that story now. So most of you who are listening to this are familiar with the story about the children of Israel who cried out for God to deliver them from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. And so God raised up Moses. But this process didn't happen overnight. And we read the story. We understand that it took 10 plagues before God actually released the children of Israel 
from the grip of Pharaoh. And matter of fact, what God would do is he would actually harden Pharaoh's heart in order to finish this process and bring these plagues. So 10 is actually the number for divine order. And every one of those plagues that God brought forth was actually a kind of in-your-face Pharaoh against the God he serves. So um, what I mean by that is, for example, the one we're coming on, upon here in Exodus 10 was the plague of darkness. And the Pharaoh and his people actually worshipped the sun god, which was named Ra. And so as God released darkness in the day when Ra was supposed to be you know, shining brightly, um, God kind of showed himself sovereign in that moment. And he did that with every single one of those plagues. And so that's just one purpose of why God released 10 plagues and the children of Israel had to go through all of it. But we're going to go into a little more detail as to other reasons why um, as we continue reading this story. So let's go to Exodus 10 verse 21. <clears throat> Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. And so I was drawn to read this scripture in the first place because of what I told you earlier. I could just feel darkness. I could feel it in the earth right now. And I was reminded how God had written this in his word in Exodus and uh, I do believe that it's going to get thicker up ahead. Um, and so if the children of Israel knew that God was about ready to do, to cause this plague to come into the earth and it was going to be darkness, then they actually probably rested knowing this was part of God's plan. And so I share that with you too. Um, so Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. I uh, just want to stop here because thankfully darkness doesn't last forever. God has a set appointment of time that he allows darkness to happen. And so we can rejoice that this too is going to pass what we're all in right now. Uh, verse 23, um, they did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place nor for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Even when the Lord is the one that authorizes darkness, he brings light to the situation. So the children of Israel had that revelation. And I believe they had natural light as well in their dwellings because God always provides that which he is authorizing. Verse 24, then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, go serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. And so there, Pharaoh was going to let the people go, but it came with a compromise. It came with a stipulation. And God didn't want to compromise with Pharaoh. This was an all or nothing thing. Moses knew that. And so verse 25, but Moses said, you must also give us sacrifices and burnt offering that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us, not a hoof shall be left behind. For we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. <clears throat> so God had a purpose with which he wanted, Moses knew that there was a purpose why God didn't want them to be left empty handed. 
Um, because the first th thing that they were going to do is they were going to go and meet with the Lord and he was going to draw them to Mount Sinai. And the purpose was, was so that God could propose to the children of Israel and bring uh, forth a covenant of marriage with them so that they could be one with him. And this was the big purpose of God drawing them out of this uh, place, Egypt, and into his presence. And so the people were going to offer first a first fruits offering to the Lord for being the great deliverer and to setting them free and showing himself as almighty God. And Moses knew that. He knew they couldn't leave empty-handed. And actually, God didn't want them to leave empty-handed because God was wanting the children of Israel to have abundance because that's um, what he wants for us as well. He wants us to live prosperously and abundant in his blessings. Exodus 10, 9 says, And Moses said, We will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds we will go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. So he did know that this was one of the reasons why he couldn't compromise with Pharaoh. I love that part about Moses, and it's something that we can admire and actually start taking hold of right now in the body of Christ, is that there was no compromise. Moses stood up to the stronghold, to the leader that was trying to get him to bow to his um, terms. And Moses said, no, I'm standing for the Lord and what he's spoken. And then God worked that out. And so I think God's raising leaders to do that in this hour where they have that boldness and tenacity. Um, so let's go into the purpose of this process right now of, well, why is God hardening Pharaoh's heart and um, every one of these plagues? And then some some of the times that the Holy Spirit or the, I mean, not the Holy Spirit, but that God um, brought them through this, it was tough. It was not easy. And the people were suffering through it. So why did God do that? So let's talk about that process. So using the example of Moses and the children of Israel, we can go through and find out the purpose of why God has us go through a process instead of doing something just suddenly. The first reason why is because God was testing Moses his new national leader. Now, this was going to be the first national leader, and God was raising Moses up to be able to handle all those people under his leadership. And so God was testing him if he was going to trust in what God was saying over the people and the circumstances. Exodus 5.22 says, So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it you have sent me? Now, the, that was a great question that Moses had for the Lord because the, the Pharaoh was causing more hardship for the children of Israel every time Moses went before him. And so they were complaining and grumbling to Moses and they wanted to not follow his leadership, actually. And so Moses was being tested. Exodus 6, 12 says, And Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, The children of Israel have not heeded me. How then shall Pharaoh heed me? For I am an uncircumcised lips. So in this instance, the he Moses was feeling like, Well, you called me to be this leader, and you called me to say these things, and you called me to go through this process, but the people that I'm supposed to lead, they're not even listening to me. And I can tell you right now that in the body of Christ, there is the Moseses, the Joshuas that are being chosen to 
by God to be in leadership right now and to be the voice of God and to, you know, speak uh, things that God is saying. And some of the Christians right now are complaining about what they're hearing or they're not even following their lead. So that would cause somebody that's stepping out and boldly proclaiming what God is saying, thinking that they're going to be used by God to help through this transition and no one's listening, it would cause them to wonder, well, I thought you called me to this, Lord. Why is this happening? And so, again, Moses is being tested to trust God at his word, just like people today are being trusted whom God is choosing to raise up as leaders. So the, one of the second reasons why God has us go through the purpose of this process is he wants to test the children of Israel or the church. We would call it the church today. Will they listen to the voice of God? Will uh, they follow the prophet's warning? Will they follow the instruction of the divine reset right now? Um, these are questions that I would ask the church today because they're being tested to see if they're going to follow what God's voice is or what the prophets are saying. Exodus 5, 21 says, And they said to them, Let the Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us abhorrent to the, in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. They were like coming against Moses and they were complaining and they wanted to destroy Moses actually. And so their response was not right. It was exposing what was in their heart. And so I wonder how many Christians right now are getting exposed as to what's in their heart because of the circumstances that are at hand. Exodus 6, 9 says, So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of the anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. So the circumstances got tough, and so they were they were responding in anger. And so I know that there's been some prophets that have prophesied even about this election. And there's like there's a product of anger that's coming out of the body of Christ right now. And that's God is exposing that. And it's really showing what's happening right now. And we are such a divided body. And God wants to heal that and bring us into a new place. And he's exposing what's inside there. All right, the third reason for the purpose of the process is that God wanted to judge Pharaoh, just like God wants to judge the deep state and the evil that's transpiring in the earth right now that has set up camp in high places and that have been oppressing God's people. And so um, God's going to deal with that because his Abrahamic covenant says, I'm going to curse you, those who curse you. I'll bless those who bless you, and I'm going to curse those who curse you. And so God will, in the fullness of time, he will release his judgment. And it's going to be immense. And and God's a just God. So the full the fullness of the law will take place. I think also that some of this evil that's still hidden, that cannot be judged righteously, needs to come up and come out and be exposed a little more before the hammer can come down. So um, God knows the exact time when that needs to come down. 
Exodus 7, 3 and 4 says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not heed you, so that I may, may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. So we see that God was planning on doing that back then, and he did, and he's going to do the same thing in this hour that we're in. And one of the last points I wanted to make is that God, in the purpose of this process, God shows himself as Lord God Almighty. In Exodus 6, 3, it says, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. So God wasn't really known to them as the Lord. And so in Exodus 7, 5, we see a difference. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. So this first time that we see Lord used in the Bible that represents his salvation and he is the almighty one and the one that is king above all kings. So <clears throat> this is another reason why God allows this process. The Lord really wants to do something amazing uh, with these children of Israel back then because he was going to draw them out, bring them to Mount Sinai where he was going to proposed to them a covenant of marriage so he could be intimate and one with them. And so there, he wanted a unity, a union of heart. Um, and God's going to do that with America too. So out of this darkness and some of this death plague that we're seeing through COVID, God is going to bring us through deliverance. We're going to see a great awakening, but it's going to bring us closer to God and to his heart and to his voice. And that's going to be an amazing uh, blessing that's going to come out of this. So when God brought the children of Israel out of the bondage that they were in, and when it was finally time, when the process was finally coming to a completion and he finally allowed uh, Pharaoh to let him go, God led them in a direction that wasn't the fastest, easiest, or which made sense. He led them through a longer, more difficult path for his purpose and to show himself as God as well, um, and protecting the people from turning around and going back. So he knew that they were, they were going to maybe turn around and go, oh, Egypt was better because this, the situation was not familiar. It was going to be a little bit hard on their flesh, and they didn't really have an idea of where they were going. And so sometimes that can cause us to just go back to our comfort zone. And because um, since God knows our weaknesses, he will cause situations that may be a little tougher, but it'll get us to the place that he wants us to get going to. And I know today the church cannot go back to the way it was. And God's going to take us through a longer journey just so that we don't do that because he's trying to mature us. Exodus 13, 17 through 18. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had led the people, um, let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, let perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in an orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. And so even through the transition and the new beginnings, 
God did do this in an orderly fashion. And one of the things I really like that God's doing right now is we saw um, this year, there has been an order that's been established in him through the feast where we've come together in unity. And I think God is teaching us how to work together in our gifts and our callings so that it's in unison, like a wheel where we're spinning and we're moving by the power of the Holy Spirit and honoring and respecting each and everybody's gifts under the headship of Christ. And I see this transformation coming about and then, and that's really cool. So now Moses is about ready to take him out and he takes the bones of Joseph, Joseph with him. And Joseph carries, Joseph was the one that carried the birthright and the Abrahamic covenant um, birthright uh, with him. He was the last one to have that. And so Moses was going to take that because it's supposed to come with them. It was promised to come with them. And it represents this multiplicity. It represents the name of God. It represents the promise of the Abrahamic covenant and how they're going to possess the gates of the enemy. And so Moses and God's going to breathe new life on this um, covenant birthright through this nation that are going to be married to the Lord. And so this is uh, something that Moses did. And I think that God is doing this very same thing with us right now in America. Our forefathers came here with the Mayflower Compact. And 400 years ago, we just had our anniversary on 11-11 of that Mayflower Compact. And many leaders um, came to a new signing in Plymouth Rock of a ratified covenant compact that they were making with the Lord and taking that Mayflower Compact and going before the Lord and saying, Lord, you know, we haven't really done what we set out to do in this Mayflower Compact. So we want to ratify that contract and we want to renew it and ask for your increase. And so in that uh, meeting, they had several descendants that were from our forefathers come sign that new contract and pray and decree over it. And I and I do believe that um, having the repentance that's gone around the, over this year and leading up to the culmination of this 400th anniversary and this new compact, I believe that it's a prophetic picture of how God wants to bring an increase to America and this great awakening that many prophets have been talking about and the word talks about, it's going to come into this time very shortly. We just have to get through this process that God has us in. Exodus 13, 19 says this, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had to place the children of Israel under Solomon, saying, God will surely visit you, and you will carry the bones up from here with you. And so I uh, just wanted to share that was where God had spoken that. So even after the children of Israel were let go, they started heading out, and then they began to be fearful. Exodus 14, I'm in, I'm going to read from uh, 10 through 20. Um, and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Oh, my goodness. Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may just serve the Egyptians? For it would have been far better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. 
complaining and fear just talking right now. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever, for the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And that's a word for us today. And I feel like every leader right now needs to respond to the fear of the Christians right now and tell them, say right up front, don't be afraid, stand still. God's doing something in this process. Watch him work through our prayers and he's going to accomplish it. And he's going to fight for us. So hold your peace. And that is something that we need to be sharing with others. Verse, uh, I think it's 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. We must go forward. We cannot look back. We got to go forward and hang on to what God has established and spoken to all the prophets and what he's promised in his word and what he's decreed for America and for the nations up ahead. Evil will not triumph. In the end, evil will have to come underneath the prayers and the the, the uh, anointing and the truth of God. And God's victory will arise. So he says, but lift up your rod. And so that's for us too. We lift up our rod of authority that we have in Christ. And we stretch out our hand over the sea and we divide it. And so as we, as uh, God speaks to us in the rod of our authority, we have a sword of the spirit that will divide, cut and divide in the spirit because we're battling in evil. Uh, we're battling in the spirit realm. And so we have the ability to, to lift up our swords, our rod of authority to cause these things to divide out. So God's plan can come forward. God wants to partner with us in this process. And the children of Israel shall go on dry land through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army, his chariots and his horsemen. And then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained my honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them so that it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus, it was a cloud and darkness to the one and it gave light by night to the other so that the one did not come near the other at all that night. So what we're reading here is that this cloud that looked like darkness to one side was actually a light for God's people because it separated them from the darkness that was on the other side, which was the Egyptians who wanted to kill them. Joshua 24, 7 um, confirms this. He says, so they cried out to the Lord and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. Then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time. So God, again, is using darkness for the good of his people. And we have to take hold of that, that some of the darkness that's hitting the earth. And I, I see something that's coming up ahead 
just remember this word that sometimes what looks like dark is actually God authorized to protect us and to perfect the process. So we want to hear what God is saying when we're experiencing these things that are out there. Are we, are we experiencing a darkness that God is causing so that uh, we can be protected to, is it, is it, or is it to test us? Is it to show himself mighty? Is it to test the church, you know, and is it to bring judgment? Okay. So those are some of the reasons. Uh, and then also, is this something that the enemy has authorized? And if so, are, are we called then to take up our rod of authority and war in the spirit realm against that with the partnership of the Holy Spirit. So we need to hear his voice and obey. And we need to hear his voice in the midst of darkness and stand still and watch the Lord fight for us and hold our peace. Deuteronomy 5.23 says, So it was, when you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness, while the mountain was burning with fire, that you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders. So there's a, a fruit that comes in these times when darkness is on the earth, whether it's from the evil one or from the Lord, because it does cause us to draw close to the Lord, and then we can hear his voice. Um, so during this time, I really feel that worship and speaking out loud God's word is something that is really vital and important as we're going through this. And David was a man of war and David had to go through many battles and he would come to the Lord. That's where all the Psalms come from. And he would come and he'd lay his petitions before the Lord. He would honor the Lord. He'd worship him. And God always brought him the victory on the, he was victorious through this process all the time. Even if he lost a battle, he, there was still victory that came forward for David. So here is a, a praise song that David sang after Saul was killed in 2 Samuel 22. And I'm sharing this with you because I think we can pull these scriptures out even for us today. And we can speak and decree and declare just as David did and, and call in that victory um, and call in who God is for us to build our faith. This is what uh, David, I'm just going to read a part of it and start in uh, 22 verse 1. This is 2 Samuel 22 verse 1. Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies when the waves of death surrounded me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me and the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. And he heard me and he heard my voice from his temple and my cry entered his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. 
So God hears our prayers, be, be encouraged. And then the earth shook and trembled and the foundations of heaven quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils, devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and flew and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness canopies all around him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven and the most high uttered his voice. He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning bolts, and he vanquished them. Then the channels of the sea were seen and the foundations of the world were uncovered at the rebuke of the Lord and at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. Now, this is just a part of David's song of praise, but it's so powerful. And I think we could actually, um, gosh, just reading it to you just empowered me because it just reminded me of how big God is for us. And so we want to just in this time, give God thanks and we're in Thanksgiving week coming up and we want to give Thanksgiving continually, even though it's been a hard year, um, but for his mercy, Psalm 107, one, two, one and two says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed say so. We're supposed to say so. Uh, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So God is going to redeem us. It is it is written. We have the victory. So let us say so. And then in that process, we want to remain humble because we want to keep ourselves in the shadow of the Almighty where we are not hooked by the enemy through pride and through fear. But if we remain humble, we can experience that deliverance that we're talking about. Psalm 107, 10 through 16 says, Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, because they rebelled against the words of the of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. And I really believe that the church has been in a, quite a bit of rebellion against the ways of God and listening to the true prophets that are speaking. And so we have to humble ourselves and listen to what God is trying to, to say in, our, in correcting us. And so then he will help us in our time of need. And continues to say they fell down and there was none to help. But then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Now, many of us have been crying out to the Lord this year because we're in trouble. And we have been repenting as a people. And God says in his word, and he saved them out of their distresses. And he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. And he broke their chains in pieces. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. So God's going to do this for us. He's going to break it. He's going to be the breaker. The breaker anointing is going to come. And we can just rejoice knowing that as we stay humble. And I know that the church right now, God is also calling them to call evil, evil, and good, good. We can't 
We can't not speak up truth right now in this hour. And we must remove ourselves from evil as well. In Isaiah 520, it says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. And so we got to take heed to God's word right here. And I think the church hasn't done a good job of standing up like Moses did when he stood up to Pharaoh and he wasn't going to compromise. We have to be an uncompromising church, not afraid to speak the truth. Ephesians 5, 8 says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So we're not called to be silent, but we're called to expose the things that the enemy is doing. And we need to um, step into that authority right now. God is going to uncover some amazing things through this darkness and through this time that we're in that we are pressed on all sides. And he is going to expose the works of darkness. In Job 20, 12, 22, it says, he uncovers deep things out of darkness. So some of the mysteries of Christ, the secrets of Revelation are going to come out of this time. And he brings the shadow of death to light. So he's going to show us um, also what was tying us to, a, to the death or the quietness or the inability of the church to have an influence, he's gonna he's gonna reveal those things to us so that we can come out and be strong, stronger in the Lord. So again, I want to fit close this message by just reminding you to um, really take time to take communion in the morning and spend time examining your heart before the Lord and pleading the blood of Jesus over you and your household and decreeing Psalm 91. And uh, make sure that you uh, stock up your food and your uh, water, just any supplies that you need. But also try to stay home and rest and not go out and be too busy doing this and that. But just be real prayerful because God wants to use this time to re rejuvenate you, use you to pray for others. Um, as you're strong, because there's a lot of people that are getting sick out there. Isaiah 9-2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. And this word came in Isaiah that was repeated in the Gospel of Mark when Jesus came on the scene in the land of Zebulon. And that's when he started his ministry and sharing the good news. He was the good news. And we are the good news because we have Christ inside of us. And so God wants to increase the light that is inside of us um, that's going to come out of this uh, time of darkness. It's going to be an increase of light in his glory and a great awakening will come. Isaiah 62 says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will rise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And, and and all the prophets have been saying that word, and we just hold on to it today as we're going through this. So continue to pray. Ephesians 6, 12 says, We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so we know that we do have to war be against evil and against darkness, but then there is darkness that God is saying, Hey, 
you just need to do this while this darkness is because this part is from me. And so listen to what God is saying so that you can rightly discern the difference between the two. Colossians 1.13 says, He's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a royal a holy nation and His special people. And that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. That is a word for you. I bless you with this word and encourage you to stay at peace in the darkness.